0: Hi everyone, it is on producer and co-host Ria here. I am here to introduce Disney Discussions, which is a podcast I do with Mike and Megan of Genuine Chit Chat and Dan of Spider-Dan and the Secret Boars. Basically every episode we choose a Disney category and then we sit and watch those films and then we chat about it and have an awesome time. It's pretty good fun, so we've decided to release it on FemOn as well as on Mike's channel and Dan's channel. And I really hope you enjoy it, we have a wonderful time doing it, we laugh a lot. And it's really good fun. Go back and enjoy the back catalogue. Listen to this episode. This episode is my choice, Cartoon Crushes.
1: Welcome to the Crushes.
0: It's alright. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be offended by it because I'm a better person than Mike. Yeah,
1: True, true. You created um, life. I haven't. So I haven't really got
0: anything. And to just do... in general, Mike. Mm.
1: Yeah, apart from your Star Wars knowledge, I've got a bit more of that.
0: That doesn't make you a better person, just it? Think.
1: depends on the metric, if it was knowledge. <laughs> I, mean, I think it would. I, th- I think no- knowledge of- often is,
2: you know... M- is this makes- going to be
0: our cold open to the episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this
2: is it. More knowledge doesn't necessarily person. make for a better person, I'd say. There's no such thing
0: as better people. I'm knowledge like is power, but... Everybody's good in their own way. Everybody's good and different, and that's what makes the world beautiful.
1: That's true. But you were the one who said you were better than me, so it actually falls Yeah,
0: because to I, you. I wouldn't do a horrible nickname to you, Mike. Well, in fact, when I talk about you in podcasts, I actually talk very highly of you, don't I, Mike?
1: I don't know. I'm not usually in those podcasts.
0: So you don't listen to any of the podcasts? Ooh, I do. I've Mike. never listened to any Ooh. podcast
1: you've ever done. I, I, if I find that you're in a podcast, I'm like, so I'm like, I'm not listening to that reason. I'm outrageous!
0: Everyone, don't you don't shouldn't be really outrageous. Michael. What is good is his cheeky little face. <laughs> <And> he's like, <laughs> he can't even do it without the kids. So
1: why do you cheeky. hate women, Mike? <laughs> why, why do I hate women? Where do we start? No, <laughs> <laughs> to clarify anyone who doesn't know, if this is your first time of Disney discussions, I'm coming off really badly.
3: So oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, I I are not see getting your cheeky married anymore.
1: Face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first but sorry I called Rhea a mean name before because it was hilarious let's be honest but sorry Rhea.
0: I mean we all laughed didn't we mm, didn't we, did. we all laugh and then we you press record you laughed heartily and then I press record and then it made me seem
1: bad so you should respect
2: revolting Rhea, as I yeah. called her on my podcast which but I really she, enjoyed she, she like, wanted that she yeah. wanted that I stopped myself and I said no I shouldn't do that I shouldn't say I that you're not in
3: Horrible Histories book <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
1: <laughs> going to talk about you in Horrible Histories in in years in the future. Yeah.
3: Revolting Ria. I'd yeah. buy that, oh that segment.
1: When MJ's world famous, it'll be there'll be a statue of you revolting Ria in
3: your I'm hair I'm so happy wind. with that.
1: Can that be a new
2: segment of Femme on? Like a, something really disgusting that you talk about? Just oh my God, Ria. I
0: mean, there's so oh, much I thought you, that. Meant, <laughs> I think
1: you meant revolt as in like a revolution. I thought
2: that's oh, what oh the page no. you're like, revolting Ria. A, oh, not no,
0: like,
1: okay,
2: I prefer that.
0: I like both. That's I what I thought. Not like, Ria's
2: revolting. I didn't. Right, right. Let's take it back for for context <laughs> as well we were doing we were doing our halloween first halloween podcast of last year the shock phobia fest that i do every year and i i went to say oh you know revolting ria give her a spooky nickname hmm. and then i said no and then and then ria was like no i want that give me more of that <laughs> so i said okay revolting ria we went from there that's that's where that came from the right. context um, I like both
0: though like but revolting but do, yeah. in both terms i'm to, very to,
1: pleased with that you know to revolting context. revolting ria yeah done triple r <laughs> triple r oh, oh nice, like <laughs> nice triple r take it off take it off
0: <laughs> take it off uh well hello everyone and welcome here to disney discussions number seven uh, it's number seven i checked it and i've remembered it so i'm introducing it because this was my choice hopefully you'll learn listen to learn listen to the last one um if this is your first time here, the group of us get together and we talk about Disney films based on it, one category. The group of us is obviously the wonderful Megan, the wonderful Mike and the wonderful Dan. It's a little compliment for you all. You're all wonderful. <laughs> um, rather than mean names. Uh, <laughs> we'll get around to calling each other mean things later. Uh, and we we take Disney films and we talk about them. The format for this is slightly different for this episode because of the category I chose, which was cartoon crushes so i want to talk about the (laughs) cartoons cartoon characters we had crushes on when we were watching disney films and it's all disney obviously because it's disney discussions so i think we should just dive straight into it i haven't really thought about well actually first thoughts did anybody feel like a bit uncomfortable when I raised this? Were you like, oh, we shouldn't fancy cartoons? Whereas I'm like, yeah, I'm all up for fancy <laughs> cartoons. Hot, hot, hot.
1: I mean, I have I know people who only fancy cartoons. <laughs> so for me, it wasn't that strange. Uh, but no, for me, I'm, it's one of those things Though I mean, I think it depends what you grew up with. Um, mm. because like i think a lot of i think in nerdy culture cartoons and animation is a lot more accepted so when you read comics or or when you watch like me i think of x-men the animated series or
0: rogue um, and gambit who I exactly yeah, yeah. so it's like things.
1: you can get really well drawn when it's well proportioned in the right way, you know, you can get,
0: <laughs> you can, you can have a lot you're, of animation. You've got, you've got nowhere. You're, allowed, you're yeah. allowed to like animated characters that have big tits, Mike. It's okay.
1: No, I know. I mean, Soul Calibur 4, I think, comes well, to
2: Well, we're, we're going to get on
0: to and your And also your <laughs> choice. Yeah, I was
2: going to say, you've got, you've got a leg to, like, to I mean, stand on, Mike. Yeah, well mine pro- is
1: definitely like
2: walking well, so so
3: cinched waist well, and the biggest she, boobs ever. She was not
1: my number one. Everyone, I will get to that. She was not my number one. So she was, she's actually my number two. She's my backup. Right, sure, um, to be sure. honest with you. But no, you want a I, I am not
0: She'd love that.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm doing, uh, without saying who it is, it's doing a terrible
0: job. So I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe you should, well, maybe that's the segue for. Maybe for you we to should start. go, you should go first. Yeah, I've got yeah. no okay. particular order. So right. Mike went for one of the most obvious choices. Yes, you tell I did. Us,
1: Mike. Um, so I went for Jessica Rabbit, uh, which is probably most people's even in modern day. Um, but I will clarify that although this is Disney discussions, my actual. Number one cartoon crush was Lola Bunny um, from Space Jam. Uh had a massive crush on her. I think it's the eyes. I don't know. Does have but
3: a thing of rabbits? We Jessica Rabbit isn't a rabbit. She's got the surname Rabbit.
1: Yeah, I don't like the fluffy tail, but it's just, just Lola just, Bunny has a lot she of. This is confidence.
3: why you love Bun Buns.
1: <laughs> I think bunny rabbits are like my favorite animal, but not for that reason. You know, I think they're adorable <laughs> and cute. Does she know? have the just? Does she have the sex drive of a rabbit
2: as well? Like just. it depends if it's the
1: sex drive or is it the procreation element because that amount of procreation that rabbits do is not that sexy to me um but no i mean it's with lola bunny it was it was the way she held herself i've always been into uh, confident women be it animated or, or otherwise confident strong often tall women so that's a thing i've spoken before like ted lasso um Hannah Waddington.
0: Yeah. Who's obviously I mean, in other stuff
1: and she hosted Eurovision and things recently. We all
0: fancy hair, don't we?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the way I, I think me and Dan, we both described a woman, uh, a trait of women that we quite like is Amazonian. You know, very, very tall, you know, can take care of himself, could probably beat us up, but, you know. Definitely. That's the, I, and that's and, and in some ways, thing. in some ways, I'd prefer that. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily prefer. I don't want a woman to beat me up. That's not really my jam, but it's, it's just something it's I've noticed about accepted. myself. You definitely could. I mean, you have thighs that could crush, like, Human skulls.
3: I have so thighs that are like the walnut, like nuts. nutcracker. Yeah, nice.
1: yeah that's like you call your thighs.
2: Like nutcracker.
0: Cena on a top from Bond. <laughs>
1: the mega, mega. I can only get so
2: aroused. <laughs> 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 Let's just calm it down with the thighs.
0: So, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some objectification in yes. this podcast. So I, I, I think, like, this is all a bit of fun. Everybody, like, it's okay to fancy people and think people are hot. All of our listeners, there's going to be a little bit of objectification, but I imagine there's other reasons why we all fancy these characters as well, apart from Mike,
1: who's just gone purely. No, obvious. I will clarify. <laughs> Lola's number one. Okay, she is. I mean, but you can't
3: I, do her. But so... I will
1: say with Jessica Rabbit, Jessica. Obviously, she's tra- drawn very well. But one of the things that I now this is going to make me sound like I objectify women. One of the things I didn't realize about Jessica Rabbit in my memory was how much of a strong woman she was and how actually. She literally says at one point, I don't like all this attention. This is the way I was drawn, which obviously is very clever. And it's like a lot of women who look that way. Granted, the thing she wears is very provocative and she works at like a like a singing show, burlesque-esque.
0: So that's, just, that's still just how she's drawn. She's drawn yeah. in those clothes. No, of course. She can't change her clothes. So I, mean,
1: you- I think cartoons can change their clothes, can't they? she cause she had that she had that nighty thing that she was found when um the main bloke kept looking a valiant kept looking through keyholes and then he saw she was holding up the the pink nighty thing so i think she can change the clothing but the nighty was even smaller oh, than what she was like, wearing but
0: anyway. how does that work does she like have to rub herself out <laughs> I, I, think, I,
1: think I think i think the way cartoons <laughs> would take things off in my perception it's just they look 2d but they're actually 3d because I mean they can they, can, they yeah. can pull out items out of nowhere.
2: If you want to go into the rules of cartoonery, it's gonna be well, it
0: depends what kind of cartoon they do. True, it?
2: true. Yes,
1: because if we go into the you know, off to the east, there's a lot of uh cartoon sexualization, isn't there? Uh, without going too far into hentai. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> it's with Jessica Rabbit, I found that on this watch especially She specifically she like takes charge of her own body and her own sexuality, but she at no point is she the victim. At no point like she her husband's the one who gets captured. He's the one who gets framed. She's the one who's just Valiant.
3: I mean, she captures her husband at one point. <laughs> she's like a badass. She
1: she's a badass, and she's like, yeah, people look at me this way, so I'm just going to kind of use it to my advantage. Men are always looking at my chest, you know, all these sorts of things. She does have that flirtatious, obviously, side to her, but she uses that to manipulate people to do what they want. But she's not a bad person. So it's kind of like, hey, I've got th- these very large breasts, and I'm drawn like a perfect hourglass. Men are going to fawn over me and objectify me, so I'm going to use that because that's going to happen no matter what. To help myself, to help, you know, my husband. And the thing is with her, what I like is that Roger Rabbit is so, so annoying, but he is a good person. But he's so annoying, and she just loves him so much, and she even says to Valley, and she's like, I would do anything for my husband, you know, anything at all. And it's these kind of elements, which is like, she is it's almost and i think they kind of hint at it in the film But i think what they're trying to say is she's almost like the perfect woman in air quotes you know she's got the looks that people uh, want she's very strong she'll do anything for her husband which obviously a lot of men want but she's not just like completely subservient she does actually do her own thing she can fight for herself so she's just got all these layers to her um not what she wears she seems to only wear one thing but she has lots of layers to her as a person as a character that i found watching this as an adult i was like yeah there's you know Drawn boobs. I mean, I don't, I've, I've always had a bit of a disconnect with that when it comes to, you know, fancying when it comes to the way something's drawn in a certain way. It's more about the personality aspect of things, just because I can't get out of my head seeing like a, a, an, an overweight old man drooling while drawing a pair of tits. And then my mind that disconnect to go, these are just two circles. And suddenly they're tits and it just changes and immediately becomes sexual. And so in my mind, the, the sexualization of cartoons is nothing against anyone who finds them sexy. But for me, I, there's always been that kind of, I can't not think about the person who's drawn them. So that always puts me off. But her as a person, as a character, I did, um, I did like. Um, what about you, Megan? Your fem-
0: well, well, first, first, oh, I would like Shut to ask you what so what was your first memory of Jessica Rabbit?
1: um to be fair it was when i was quite young because this film came out um let me see 1988 so it was before i was even born no. so i i,
0: I think <laughs> it
1: was before sorry guys um, that, I was, think, that was that was the year i was born so
2: nice oh, i
0: mean <laughs> i was it. only six but still come on
2: still. Yeah,
1: you know someone has to be the you know the oldest the wise person here you know <laughs> oh smooth yeah yeah see what
3: um, you did there? Pull it,
1: pulling it back, it's pulling yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think my earliest memory of I never really, watching it now, especially because I've watched this film in over 10 years, the amount of innuendo and the amount of stuff they got away with is insane. But I think it's because back then they didn't have PG-13 slash 12. It was either a PG or it was R-rated. There was no in-between. So things like Ghostbusters and that sort of stuff, they're like, okay, let's push the limit. You know, Let's have shit said loads of times. Let's have sexual innuendo without overt nudity and things like that. Although there's alcoholism in this film quite heavily, which I found quite Ooh. surprising.
3: But And a lot of smoking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love
1: it. Even the kids have got cigarettes at one point. <laughs> they yeah, give they give you it one.
3: Yeah. It's like, um, oh wow. But I think because it's when he's like, thanks for the cigarettes and they're like, Anytime. Yeah. Like, you but you're be- like seven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I think it's because when I was younger and I watched this, because I'd always watched it growing up and things, I never although I was like, Oh, I like I like it when Jessica Rabbit's on screen, but I can't think, I don't know why. I remember having the realisation of being attracted to women when I was, I think I was about eight or nine and I saw Jessica Simpson's These Boots Are Made For Walking video. And I remember watching it. And I remember watching it and I was like, (laughs) I really like this music video, but I don't like the music and I don't know why. And I kept watching the video over and over again. I was like, you know, this is kids. This is before YouTube. This is when you just had to go on the music channels and hope the music video would show up. Um And I remember catching so it. Mike
0: saying that is like that was really long ago, kids. You had to go on MTV, yeah, and then, like, whoa.
1: guys. Well, that was what ten plus years ago. Now.
0: V- your VHS used to run out. I mean, yeah, I, Chris I owned, Phelps will know this.
1: I like, own yeah, VHS. We, VHS we own VHSs. VHS's. VHS. I still have some upstairs. I had
3: Harry Potter and the Philosophy. I know, Sam, but you yeah. I had Star like,
1: Wars. No, it was MTV. it was a joke. It, it was <laughs> just for you know. The newer generation won't know, you know what? I mean, we even spoke to someone, didn't In we? In the we, long, long ago, they once had boxes that contained no, films. We went out drinking. Uh, I mean,
3: there are kids at work that don't know what VHS tapes are. We went out yeah, drinking. Because they're um, like proper kids. Yeah. We
1: went out drinking with recently, and I won't say the names or anything, but a friend of yours, one of their friends that I had met prior, she was what, 19? Oh, she's
3: 19, yeah. And
1: she didn't know what a VHS was. Love it. So it's. I mean, I think if you are 19 now, you probably would have a peripheral idea what a VHS is, but still. So I. I meant that as a joke, but it was like I don't want people thinking, oh yeah, I was on YouTube watching the same video over and over again, like a little grieber I wasn't doing that. It was just <laughs> when it would come
3: up. YouTube didn't exist at the time. No, way. I would just click <laughs> through channels and hope. Did. Yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> but then, I just remember one point. I think when I was probably near 10 or 11, I kind of when those feelings start to come out and you actually get talked about it because i went to mm. a catholic primary school so i got very little information about it um but when i think i kind of had that realization with this that. explains a lot mike thank you yeah um, but before that time um before <laughs> the boots are made for organ video <laughs> a transformative experience um before that i think it was just i liked her you know i mm. i remember fancying lola bunny a bit and thinking wouldn't it be cool if she was real and i'd love to you know meet her or whatever but at that age I didn't have there was no, no sexuality mm, to mm, it mm. so I just remember her being in the film and I, I remember the music the kind of the sexy jazz almost music playing I remember that but obviously being that age I never had any yeah, what was yeah. it. the like, patty when, cake when thing. When we get
0: to, when we get to my pick, my pick is I was completely charmed by the character. I didn't mm. know that that meant I fancied them. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, that's it's, a good way of putting that, it. That, yeah,
1: because it's like with all that, like there's the whole patty cake scene, like, what that's all about, and obvious, and the way they do it is so funny and so clever. And when
3: I was younger, when I didn't I get was, that. I, I definitely, I did watch this film when I was. I remember it being on when it was like Christmas time. It was on. Yes, like Christmas. It was definitely a Christmas film and when it was the pat-a-cake bit, in my head I was like, well, obviously they're having sex. Like, when we watched it, like, yesterday, I was like, well, yeah, they're yeah. having sex. And then you see the pictures and they're like, I was like, oh, they're actually, yeah. they're, they're playing pat-a-cake. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay.
1: But it's like the Bugsy Malone thing when they're throwing pies in each other's faces and that indicates death, but they didn't want to show was, it. Yeah, just, when they're
3: using yeah. the, the, well, the, if, uh, it starts the cream off, pistols. Yeah,
1: it starts off with literally a cream pie in the face and then it starts into the Tommy guns and pistols. It's that sort of thing and I'm just like. Nowadays with 12As, especially, no spoilers, but especially with like things like Guardians of the Galaxy that we recently watched, which was, should be a 15, Surprising amount of Brilliant exploring. movie, but there's a lot in there that was like, Jesus, it's hard to watch and I'm nearly 30. And when it came to like films before there was the middle ground of PG-13, 12, films had to be quite clever. I think more clever, because nowadays it's just like you can almost get away with anything. But I think those days with Bugsy Malone and with... Um, who framed Roger Rabbit you have to be so clever with some of the things you do and I just thought it was so brilliant the way they did it but yeah Jessica Rabbit I just remember her being really cool and something about her that I liked and throughout the film she does show up in the film quite a bit and really it's Valiant who's a Muppet and doesn't know what he's doing and keeps getting everything wrong and she's switched on she knows who's go- who the bad guys from the start she knows exactly every moment of the way she's a step ahead of everyone but no one listens to her so it's one of those things. I just think she's a powerful, and also I think apart from Doris, who obviously she's fairly old. She's not like old old, but you know, an eight year old boy, unless you're Dan, probably wouldn't fancy a woman of that age. You know, so I think she's the only real, I real
3: Doris. The guys, Dolores. yeah, 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 Doris. Dolores, sorry, Dolores. Um, Doris. Yeah, I Doris is be. an old name. She's not that old. No, but she's probably forty. It's
1: nineteen forty-seven. Guys, remember. That's well, when the film is set. <laughs> well, in The film's set in 1947, but still... Oh, oh Megan. Sneezing <laughs> away. I'm not going to edit this out. I'm going to keep this in. <laughs> She's allergic to all my bullshit. That's the problem.
3: <sighs> uh, hey, but, Apologies, everyone. I'm not feeling okay. very well. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I, I just I'm, think i gonna be the only woman
2: in it as well. I'm going to help Mike with this, because I, I do think he's struggling a little bit to defend his choice, just a little. So this film works... Because it's a film noir, Mm -hmm. okay? It's a film noir. Yeah, we've got all the cartoony stuff and all the kind of, you know, hey, look, Mickey's on screen at the same time as Bugs is. Wow, look at this. But the film and the story and the structure works because it's your Chinatown, it's your Maltese Falcon, it's all those classic film noirs. And Jessica Rabbit falls in to the femme fatale archetype. It just so happens she's a cartoon. That's mm. that's what they're playing with there. They're they're playing with what she is, what she does. And again, in a in a regular film noir, it would be sex, but in this, because it's a cartoon. But however, Roger's reaction is the exact same reaction you would expect from someone having sex. And he goes, ah, and all that, but just you know, to the cartoon extreme. And I think this film has a has a lot of layers because of that. I think because of its of its maturity, again, some of the themes we're looking at. We're looking at um deprived and you know desperate people, alcoholics in the bar all the time. There's a lot of like kind of racism as well. Like you could yeah. put you could put any kind of group in the tunes category, um, you know, be it LGBTQ plus or, you know, black, Hispanic, whatever, you know you could put them in that and you can see where that's coming from and you can see the basis. And I think if you'd seen, if you've seen a few film noirs, you'd kind of see how well it works as a film noir as well. Um, But I've always really enjoyed this film. I can see why Mike is is attracted to Jessica Rabbit. I I see it as well. Obviously, you know, it's the, but it is obviously overtly sexual because they're proving that, these men are fans. They're like, oh, who wants to see a tune? Who wants to who fancies a tune this much? And then they see her and they go, oh my god, she is gorgeous and she's everything that the idealized woman would look like at that time. You know, the big bust, the big breasts and bum and and tiny waist. And again, it's that. It's that. And Betty Boop, who is in that scene, was a sexualized character when around that time, like people were going and like hooting and hollering, like woo-woo-boo, and she's, you know, doing a little sexy dance. And that was at the time their version of of the sexy cartoon character. So they're kind of playing with the history, the post-war history, the those original cartoons that were being made at the time, the film noirs that were made being made at the time. And it's this wonderful kind of slapstick noir film um but yeah i I agree with mike i think she has a lot of personality she's voiced by kathleen turner who has got a sexy voice let's let's call it what it is but the my crush has got another actress with a very sexy voice as well uh i'd like husky voices so I, again again <laughs> i can't i can't blame mike for for picking uh, jessica rabbit in a sense um but yeah i i really really like this film on on those levels as well and you know having fun with those tropes of of the film noir and playing around with what's cartoony and what isn't um but yeah those two worlds you wouldn't think would meet in in, in, like i can imagine a lot of filmmakers trying to make those worlds work and intertwine in the way they do but they really do work um and i think that's why the film is so
1: strong it's because of that Mm. i was worried that when i chose this film because um, I looked through Disney's entire animated discography trying to find a character that I had any vague recollection of fancying and this was the only one and although it's not technically Disney you know it's uh, Touchstone and then it's also distributed by Buena Vista and it's on Disney Plus and it has Mickey I awesome. mean the,
2: those, are, those companies are both owned created and founded by Disney exactly so yeah,
1: arguably yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah and it's something we've talked about before in what falls under the Disney canon as well yeah. so, so, you like know, the Muppets
1: as well yeah. although Muppets is now owned by it but I, I was a bit worried about choosing this film because i was like hey what if jessica rabbit has the personality of how she looks that's gonna be not ideal and then what if the film doesn't hold up that's what i was worried about and then it starts and it, it goes a hundred miles an hour the entire film there's barely a second to breathe but it's it's so clever in so many ways and i was like because i posted when i shared it on social media i was like it's one of the greatest animated films of all time and then there was a point and i was like have I oversold it? And is this actually... Am I going to look like a dick? And then I finished it. I was like, you know what? It's not my favourite animated film, but I think of what it is and what they did. It just hits every nail on the head, and it is just is beyond clever in so many ways. And the only films that are close to it is Space Jam, which I really like. Space Jam, but we rewatched it last year. It's nowhere near as clever at all. It's kind of like learning the wrong lessons from this film in a lot of ways. Even though I think it's a fun movie you know Lola Bunny's in it um but then you've got Looney Tunes back in action as well which is another one and then you've got Space Jam Legacy and they again miss the mark a bit so I think I don't know if you two know of any other films that are that have got cartoons and live action mixed in are, are there many of them? Oh, Beds on some broomsticks I suppose is one of the first
2: yeah, yeah. um yeah. M- Mary like Poppins, Poppins. Is, yeah yeah
1: oh that's a good point that's probably the first isn't it
2: yeah, I, th- I think that was maybe one of the first. I think I think there's a few here and there, but it's very- yeah. I think the te- the techniques they were using in this was really interesting because they had like they had the actors really there much like they do now with green screen, blue screen. They had the actors there in special um the guy who plays Roger Rabbit was actually there in a rabbit costume. Oh and- really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, and he had him, you know, all dressed up because they needed something because this was like in its kind of early days, so it was very kind of rudimentary technology, like when they're waving the real guns around, like the weasels, those guns are on strings. So mm-hmm. and then they're animating around that. So it was kind of it was groundbreaking, I think, in many, in many categories. Um, You know, the deal between Disney and Warner Bros to have those characters mm-hmm. appear on the on the screen together is something you wouldn't I don't think you will ever, ever see again. Um, because it, was, it must have been that airtight a contract. You know, it's it's like getting Marvel and DC to do a film together. It's just not going to happen. But yeah. it was a one-in-a-million type scenario, and luckily the film turned out very well as well.
0: So I think before we move on, because we've talked about this one for quite a while now, Megan, how, how did you find watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit specifically within the film?
3: I'm so, I just don't understand how a dress stays up. it's like the entire time i was watching i was like how 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 is that dress staying up like but um sorry i'm gonna cough (coughs) um yeah this film was a weird one for me because we started watching it and i was like i'm not really that fussed to be honest it's very slapsticky so for me like slapstick comedy i find a bit annoying after a while but once it got i got into it a bit more i did start to enjoy it jessica rabbit i feel like it's kind of predictable in a sense because where she is so like sultry and like promiscuous you kind of think there has to be something more to her character than i don't think she's promiscuous that. though is she when we're first introduced to introduced to her in the club, she comes across as very yeah, sexy because obviously she's singing, mm. isn't she? She's trying to lure people in to for paying customers and whatnot. Um, and the way
1: she acts valiant as well, like the, the, the main director, got like she gets really up close to him and she puts a lot of her
3: yeah, like when she's singing, she like like brushes her arm around yeah. him and all of that stuff. So, but yeah, I thought her as a character was quite cool. It was nice that she like had a bit more to her than just the fact that she had big boobs and a big bum and a tiny little waist. <laughs> but, yeah. And
1: that's... a weird nose.
3: Oh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't nose, figure yeah. out. I didn't really look at her nose. Weird, weird, too, Most people weird
1: aren't looking at nose. her nose. I think that's probably the thing. <laughs> it's just she's me. on screen. It's
0: not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting the hot feminist take from Rhea um watching it now and how she weaponizes her mm. sexuality to survive. She cannot change the way that she looks. She can only be in certain types of films, right? Because of the way she looks. So what does she have to do to survive, to make a living? She has to work in that club and sing and get human men, because Tunes aren't allowed in, to pay to see her. That's the only way. She knows that men will put her in compromising positions to bribe her. She's not a fool. She knows that and she weaponizes that throughout the whole film. And, you know, we in. I'm about to do a comparison to who framed Roger Rabbit to Gone Girl. Okay, so Gone Girl. <laughs> okay, okay. Amy Dunn talks about the cool girl and she talks about how in her different relationships she has to pretend to be somebody else. It's only with Ben Affleck, I know that's not his character's name, but I really (laughs) like to do it, Um, that she gets to be herself, which is basically the sociopath, psychopath character, right? And Jessica Rabbit gets to be herself with Roger, which is loving and smoochy and caring and a bit silly but she can't expose that side to anybody else because that makes her vulnerable. So she has to constantly keep up this act of being sexy. She's doing it with Valiant. You know, she knows what she's doing. When she comes out of his apartment and he's with Dolores and and she's coming out, she knows that she's going to leave them having an argument. She sits there in the car when she sees them come out arguing. She smiles and she's ple- because. This is the part she has to play every single day. And women, we have to play parts all the time. When a man is flirting with us and we don't want them to, we have to be nice to them so that they won't attack us or rape us or follow us home and things like that. Like she's, she, she is just weaponizing that experience. And I actually think that's really empowering. And I love, you know, I think that line is iconic. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But when you actually look down at what that is, you know, and you think about how women every single day, people talk about our appearances much like we are, but for a very specific purpose, you know, it's so interesting. And it's so interesting that this was made in a film back then. And it was done knowingly. Like, I don't think they just stumbled along how they want her character and how we want to view her in 2023. And I think that's, so interesting i think there's another all the female characters we're about to talk about we're about to talk about actually have a semblance of that even in like megan's megan has chosen a man but the female character in that i think if you reframe how you think about her it's the same sort of thing and the same with dan's pick so mike you've gone let's go for one of us ladies you want to go next megan or shall i i don't mind you go for it let's do your pick
3: all righty I, I'm kind of the same as Mike. I didn't really have... I don't need you to show me what film I chose. I was just you
1: some of the notes that we put together.
3: I just thought you'd take that home. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were just sharing me the notes for the film, being like, This is what you picked. And I'm like, yeah, thank
2: you. Mike Mike is the Roger Rabbit in this situation. So.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, so I was kind of the same, I didn't really have like a cartoon crush, so to speak. I said to Mike, the only one that I could think of was Casper the friendly ghost. And that's only because the kid in that movie kind of has like an awakening of like romance, doesn't she? When Casper becomes a human. So I was like, oh, that's a thing but yeah so i chose i mean we've all little...
0: wanted to shag a ghost before
3: <laughs> um
0: come on there's some hot ghosts out there are, are, th- are there yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean
2: i mean i mean <laughs> ghostbusters there's the famous blowjob scene uh, so i guess i guess dan Aykroyd's character definitely wants shag a ghost it's no, a it's a, of... dr- it's a dream it's a dream it's a dream that particular
0: one vampires yes but ghosts yeah it's definitely hot ghosts out there sorry oh, megan ghosts? carry on with no, your all right bit. Mm. Um so
3: I went through, <laughs> <Shacking>. <laughs> <laughs> and I chose the Little Mermaid, and I chose Prince Eric.
1: And the recording we're good talking choice. about the anim- oh yeah, one. I'm talking about one. the animated version. I know it's Cartoon version. Crushes, but this is going to come out right around the time the live action one does. So we haven't seen the live action one, friends. Mm. Don't know how good looking Eric is in that one.
0: Well, I should have no
3: idea. Well, yeah, to I, be fair, I don't know who the cast doesn't. No, do I. no I <laughs> I one <know>. <laughs> <No it>. cares. <laughs> um, yeah, Eric's hot still. He's still hot. So hot. So is so is um ariel's dad triton <laughs> triton is really beautiful as well like he came on screen and i was like yeah he's kind of hot too you
1: were like that wasn't quite how you said it yeah. It wasn't even quite the same well, pitch
3: i'm sorry but that's what you've written on your notes what happened
1: was <laughs> well, she was like she went oh triton's quite attractive as well isn't he yes he is. like, yeah there's, he gives me uh, zeus
3: vibes from hercules he's got Ooh. big
1: daddy vibes that's it he's, he's um, ridiculously ripped with a big old beard and it's like but he
3: has no belly button. True. bun. But he does oh have
1: nipples, it? though, because that, yeah. that's always suspiciously
2: missing from a lot of animated male characters, mm. is, is
0: nipples.
2: He has nipples, but no belly button. But she, uh, Ariel, has a belly button, yeah. which is weird. But you he can't see vibes we, as well. We don't get to see your nipples. That's, that's a
0: shame. So, so if you had to choose, Megan, <laughs> would you now, upon reflection, choose King Triton or Eric?
3: I would still choose Eric.
0: Okay. Why is that?
3: Triton's a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Eric, like, is just like... He he jumps onto like a fucking burning boat to save his dog. Yeah, like, no, know
0: that is sexy.
3: I'm just like, "Come on." Like, gosh. I'm like, "Doggy." Like, saving the doggy <laughs> the whole time that you were pointing out cuz I, I I was like he's a badass. He like He is. He jumps onto the boat to to save the dog and then ends up like being swept ashore himself. He also like is just super nice and kind. And then he also... He doesn't want to get
1: with loads of random women. He doesn't
3: want to get with loads of random women. He's waiting for the person that he falls in love with. And then after, obviously, he's had the spell cast upon him and it's been broken and whatnot, he then jumps into the fucking ocean to go and save Ariel. (laughs) Like, he is a legend. And
0: he's not ashamed that a girl saved him. He says it. He openly says, I was saved by a girl. Now, I was like, I'd never, like, picked up on that for and I was like, dude, that is hot. Yeah. Like he's just got no he's got no ego. He's just like, yeah, this is just who I am and I'm cool with it.
2: I like that he doesn't he gets stuck in, like with the sailing. He's not, he's not like, Mm. you sailor men, you sail, you do this shit. Uh he's well in there. He's up on the rigging, he's doing all the shit. And
3: he hates the statue of himself. I love how much he's like, like, what the
2: fuck is is this statue? Yeah. And also also up until He has the fake wedding or the almost wedding. He doesn't dress like a prince either. He dresses like Mm. a regular dude.
1: Yeah,
2: which I I, I was like, yeah, he's he's a he's a man of the people. And I pointed out in
0: our chat, he is hotter in his shipwreck clothes than he is in his wedding clothes. Way hotter. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing with these wedding clothes? I don't need that. You're like beast at the end of beauty and the beast when he's a man. Ooh, <laughs> get away. Here we go. I prefer Here him we go. In, his,
3: in his tattery clothing when he's oh, a, like yeah. dress up ah,
0: like a short. <laughs> ah, the tattery. The tattery.
2: I love you on your tatteries. <laughs> <laughs>
3: me yeah, on no. tatteries. I stand by Prince Eric. I I I loved this film rewatching it. I forgot how much I loved it. I really, I like, genuinely loved
1: I, it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I remember not liking this film when I was younger. Um, but then I used to hate most musicals, so that's probably why. But I was like, I remember Under the Sea. I even wrote, Under the Sea is still a banger. Like, still, it's so iconic, so much fun. And the film, it feels really nicely compact, I think, as well. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like it goes on. Whereas mm-hmm. there's certain Disney films we've watched, some of them in this very show, mainly the sequels, where they go in and you get about 40 <laughs> minutes in and you're like, this is is about a shoestring this is like there's nothing to this plot and they're dragging over nothing at the same repeated plot points I thought that you know Little Mermaid was surprisingly really the beats worked really well the music worked well the vast majority of it's well there's a few little bits it's like yeah.
3: I mean the silly stuff is just the fact that they like fall in love so quickly like three three days that's the big problem isn't it yeah but
1: depends who you're falling in love with
3: (laughs) but it's also set in the like mid 1800s
1: yeah so. But, but also, as you pointed out, Ursula in this is a badass, and she's yeah. one of the all-time most iconic villains.
3: Ursula, I, rem- I distinctly remember scaring the shit out of me as a child. Um, we, I, I think on our like PC, we had kind of like a storybook game where it would tell the the story of the Little Mermaid, and I distinctly remember always skipping the bit that was when she became huge. In the ocean, because it used to really scare me.
1: When a face comes out and it's smiling, it's terrifying. That like is, like and the size like... of her is colossal.
3: Yeah, and then you got like tiny little Prince Eric trying to save Ariel against this like machine of a like octopus lady. But again, he saves the day, doesn't he? Yeah, he does save mm-hmm. the bloody day because he's a legend with yeah. his big, sh- big boat dick. And he stabs, <laughs> stabs
0: it. I mean, it is so his big dick. boat dick. It's it a big so boat dick. dick.
2: <laughs> Let's be honest um I, I i i think i've said this before like i used to when i was a child i used to watch this on repeat um i did go back to it a few years ago and i i i i watched it directly with beauty and the beast i don't think it's as good as beauty and the beast for me however ariel swam so Belle could run you don't get you we don't get to beauty and the beast without the little mermaid and the little mermaid was drastically important we've talked about you know the dark days of disney and the disney renaissance and this was this kicked it all off um i think the the songs are uh all of them are great it's i think so I, I think i don't think there's a bad song in this
3: um jodie
0: benson's beautiful her voice gorgeous. is unbelievable mm. is that ariel yeah, yeah. i yeah. saw
3: a clip of it's not well it's it's Halle Berry, but it's not Halle Berry, isn't it? Was, it's, it was Hailey
0: Bailey. Haley, Haley. Bay- ha- Haley ba- No, no, it's Halle Bailey. <laughs> Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey. I saw a
3: clip of like original Ariel hugging new Ariel on the Beautiful. like red carpet being like, You're doing such a good job. And I was like, nah, that's nice.
0: Yeah. Love it. Sorry, yeah. Dan, interrupted
2: you. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um I yeah, I think it's great. I think uh, the story moves along at a pace. I think um, I think it's very uh, obviously the the writer of the music was was a gay man. I think it's Alan Menken. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's just wonder all of this stuff is wonderful. I think I can see why it has a large, you know, LGBTQ plus following as well. I can just I can see all the kind of everything that would would tie in with that and that experience. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a beautiful film. The songs a beautiful song um I, you know some some of the characters i don't necessarily i don't think they ne- necessarily need to be there well I the think, french
1: the french chef who's not the most horrendous yeah
3: stereotype. oh my god yeah that oh my god that <laughs> yeah. was when i watched that i was like this is the most offensive part of this film yeah. <laughs> i was like this is horrendous <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, bit, I was like, and obviously what? the can can was playing in the background i was yeah, like because you can't have any other music apart from no, the sure, surely
1: not surely is that not was it, uh, what's the I've completely bit there's that one really famous French song with a woman singing is it Moncure something or other
3: oh Oh
2: yeah Le Vie en Rose Le yeah. V- yeah. V- those yeah. two
1: are just the French songs that I yes, always think just, of- just the French songs
2: that's all they have that's all they have in France yeah. <laughs> they, don't have a- they don't have a litany of art or anything like that no <laughs> just those two songs um yeah i i think it's great uh i've i actually enjoyed it more on this watch than my previous watch i i find again every time i come back to a film i appreciate it or i look at it in a different way or with or with different eyes or, you know years more of experience or something so it was really nice to revisit this And it, and mike's right it goes along like like the clappers and and but we never nothing ever feels wasted or rushed or or we've missed an opportunity to tell the story or to say something um you know poor unfortunate souls is a absolute banger of a villain song as well um i i like that kind of double dealing um and uh ursula was based on a drag queen as well divine um Mm -hmm. quite famous drag queen um but yeah just everything about it is it's just fantastic. And Prince Eric is voiced by my Spider-Man, the 90s Spider-Man. So uh so I'm gonna find him sexy. <laughs> um, covered, covered in all those sticky webs, but it's it's the same voice. It's like there's no difference. It's not like I'm a new character. Um, it's just like he's Peter Barker is his Prince Eric. Um his Spider-Man's a bit deeper, I think. He's got like a bit more of a superhero gruffness to it, but um, uh, but yeah, but no, I think it, it's a powerful film and it remains a powerful film, and I think it's one of the best Disney films that they've ever made?
0: Yeah, it's a film that I was obsessed with when I was younger. I was absolutely obsessed with. I was one of those kids, we talked about this, I think we talked about Beauty and the Beast, but I never wanted to be the blonde princess. And so when Belle was there with her brown hair, it was very exciting. But I did always, always as a kid want to have red hair. I was like, red hair is the most beautiful thing that's ever existed. I'm still obsessed with it as a grown-up, I think. Red hair and ginger is just Just absolutely gorgeous. Look at me, just objectifying all the redheads. Um, So obviously... Ria, it's better
2: than slagging them off.
0: (laughs) And telling them that they have no (laughs) souls. That's definitely what
2: Anya did uh, uh, on my show. Oh, gosh. So (laughs) obviously I was
0: was obsessed with that. But I also, uh, until you talked about Eric, Megan, I was like, oh, my God, I think I've really fancied Eric. And I never sort of realised, and I've watched it a lot now as an adult, my four-year-old loves The Little Mermaid it's not her favorite but like so I've had to watch it a lot and you know she gets into stages if she's watched Frozen once we now have to watch it 20 times until (laughs) she moves on to something else so we've had the same with Mermaid and I really avoided her watching it because I do think there are some arguments about how it's problematic how she has to lose her voice and she doesn't then really say much towards the end apart from say to like her dad that she loves her and you know it is a you know she is Somewhat passive, but having watched it a lot with my daughter, I kind of disagree. I kind of have a different take on it, um, which is that what 16-year-old doesn't want to escape, what 16-year-old doesn't want to learn to start driving so they have a bit more freedom, you know, what 16-year-old isn't looking for their place in the world and their parents. Even if you've got the best parents in the world, they still love you and they're still protective of you, don't want you to transition into becoming a grown-up. Like Britney Spears said it, I'm not a girl, I'm not yet a woman. And that is what, gone girl and Britney Spears, (laughs) this is where I'm at. And 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 this is what Ariel is trying to do. She's trying to figure out her place in the world. The world is forcing her to choose between the two. They're putting her, the worlds, two worlds are putting her in that difficult position, which is exactly why I think for LGBTQI plus people, this film's really important because all she wants to do is figure it out for herself and nobody is giving her the space. Nobody's providing her with any support or any guidance. And does Eric just fancy her for her voice? No, he fancies her because she bloody saved him. Like, that's so badass that he's like, oh, he's like this this woman just like came out of the ocean and saved me. That's pretty awesome. Like he is a beefy guy. Like you see her struggling to put him to the beach and then he likes her. I mean, the the fact that he likes her when she can't talk is kind of problematic. Let's let's say that it is. But she's finding other ways to communicate and express herself. And and what I like about him, what I fancy about him is he doesn't dismiss that not from the start he doesn't dismiss anything that she does ever yeah because she does really weird
3: things like yeah. if you were with her if you were with someone and they started brushing their hair with a fork you'd be like f- I
0: don't you know, do? i find that pretty funny to be fair <laughs> <laughs> but I like that sort of shit so you know <laughs> that,
2: that could have ended your relationship right there Mike if you started
0: because
1: yeah. that would have been weird just so weird I did it with a spoon initially
3: so, so nah, it's not too bad. So like spaghetti <laughs> yeah spaghetti
1: I will say with this film is um I raised an issue, which Megan pointed out something quite good, um, which I'll say just one sec. Punch and Judy was in this, which I really mm. liked for a split second. And Americans don't really know what Punch and Judy really is. Because uh, I spoke to Michael McCormick, who was the puppeteer on Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and uh, Return of the Jedi and stuff. And he's the only member of the Punch and Judy society in, in America. Because over in the UK, it's a big thing at Seasides and stuff. So I liked that. But obviously you pointed out it's, I think it's like Denmark or... Well they they have it in other Europe.
3: European countries Cause, yeah, as well because in in, in Italy story. they've yeah. got Giupino which is like mm. Their own version of that yeah, thing because obviously, yeah, just,
2: it's, it's it's it comes from the Commedia dell'arte, I think, and right. the kind of archetypes from that have have gone all over. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that also the reason it's not so big is it is quite problematic,
0: yeah, I it's idea.
1: very abusive. I
2: remember I watching mean, it, it is, is it, about
0: is him being <laughs> his wife <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, his child,
1: watching it when he, you're like with eight year olds and going like, and going to hell. Yeah, yes. I
3: distinctly remember one Punch and Judy one that I watched, and he turned his child into a sausage, like he put the child through a mm. sausage. Oh, I remember that,
1: I think I saw the same one, maybe down weymouth uh, oh, yeah and
0: like sometimes he drowns his child and puts them yeah, yeah. in a barrel and like chucks them in a river and stuff like that but it's that, puppets so it's funny bad. haha um,
1: my- but that, that, that wasn't the thing i was pointing out i was just gonna say with the the thing that megan corrected me on was or pointed out was i was like my issue was that being in love like immediately more so her but then megan was like to be fair teenagers, teenagers both men and like. women yeah immediately the, the moment they have any slight f- the, the flutter almost and like, it's are anyway, even... like i'm in love completely and it's like yeah. and, and it's... i, I Sorry, yeah. sorry,
3: sorry, I'm interrupting you. It's not even just teenagers, though. Like, for me... I,
1: I, I can agree
2: with that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but like not, e-
3: <laughs> not even the point that you get to being a teenager. Like, the, my first love that I can think of was Jack from Titanic. I was Ooh. in love with Jack from... Ty- I wasn't in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. I was in love with Jack from Titanic. And I had, like, a fucking T-shirt with his face on it. Like, I was obsessed with Jack from Titanic. And, like... When when kids start going out, it is it is like that. They they do go head of, uh, over heels, like, immediately. Um, and also, yeah, like Rhea said, she wants to get away from her parents. She chooses to give her way a voice. And then, so that she can be with the person that she's obviously, like, obsessed with that she's never met before.
1: Well, linking in with that and what both Dan and Rhea have said about the LGBTQ plus community is that it's basically saying to integrate yourself into air quotes, normal society, you have to lose your voice. And for even nowadays in certain places but you know for decades and decades especially in the UK before the 70s you know that's what homosexual had to do that's why polari the gay rhyming slang that's why it existed Did you to speak in a language that other people didn't understand to know that you're so the layer I'd never thought of that before you two both uh, mentioned that but it's a very interesting perspective so this film before going into it this was the one I was the most not resistant to, but I was like, oh, I have to watch the I'm Little Mermaid, so excited. and you were excited, obviously. But I was like, apart from Under the Sea, I was like, don't care, don't care about this film. But then there's a dog in it, and Eric's a badass, even and I was as, like,
3: even as an adult, still looks great uh, animation wise. Even as an adult, one of my biggest dreams is to find the perfect rock. And have a wave crash come up behind
0: you. Oh, I'm so me. with you on that. I'm so. with I was you. Under, I was wondering where you were going with that. I need mean, like, I thought you were going perfect I rock. Thought, story. Just as a pet, as I like You say to either like lie on and look at all your treasures because I love her cavern. It is so smash my head in with. <laughs> or to have a, or to have a wave. I need that behind when you. when
3: it came on. I literally was sat on the sofa like. <laughs>
0: I
1: was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, well, "I'm not
0: getting this." <laughs> I also, before we move on, I do want to say about Eric as well. I know that the criticism is that he wants to be with a girl that he's seen once, a mute girl, you know, all of these things, and all of the and all of that sort of stuff. And you know, I do think that's when my daughter's older, that's something I'll talk to her about. We'll talk about with all of the sort of older Disney films, consent and and stuff like that. But I think, and I'm putting this to the group, Eric. Would totally still be with Ariel if she was a mermaid. If her dad said, "I'm sorry, you need to be a mermaid," it's not going to happen. And again, it's the people around her who are forcing her to choose. Eric doesn't make her choose. Mm. People around her forcing. I reckon he'd still be with her if she was. Well, I mean, yeah, he jumped into the water to save her. Yeah. But I just think it doesn't matter to him. He doesn't care. It's he's like, not, lose, he's not losing. He's not
2: losing her again, is he? He's yeah. not. Well, also, you know... sorry, Dad. How do we interrupt? Uh, I was going. I was going to say he doesn't want to be with a mute girl, though. He Ooh. wants to be. He wants to be the woman who saved him. And he only realizes that when obviously Ursula pretends to be that person because the only identifier he has is the voice. So he he doesn't even consider Ariel is that person until she does get her voice back. She does become who she is and she is able to express herself fully. At that point, that's when he knows it's her.
1: That's when he dives in to try and save her. And also, he's not the one pushing for a kiss. It's her, because obviously she knows about the true love kiss, which is quite rare in a film for them, especially...
0: So, and she and her friends are manipulating him. He's not able to consent. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, take that. Mm. Look, Little Mermaid isn't perfect, but I think we've decided it is yeah well, it's, 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 a,
1: it's a banger it also, i'll concede to say it's a banger i wouldn't it's say so perfect good. I, I don't think i'll be uh,
2: to be fair i think probably all the films we've chosen there's going to be something in here that's kind of problematic well and, let's move and, on
0: to yours then Tam, oh right! oh why in yours. oh All right. <laughs> oh, my, oh,
2: my, oh my. okay <laughs> um okay so i i've picked um the hunchback of notre dame because i think uh, Ria was going to have something I considered, and then she mentioned she was going to do it. So I thought, fair enough, I'll I'll go for something else. And I had a good think, and I thought I thought my crush will be uh, Quasimodo. No, <laughs> uh, no, my crush is Esmeralda, who is voiced by Demi Moore. Again, another sexy. Oh person.
0: shit! I didn't realize that. A- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Demi Moore, right? So you know, my complaint often is about having actor actors being voice actors. You cannot tell with Demi Moore in this film. No. Her voice, her voice acting in this is sensational.
3: She's the oh, one uh, from.
0: Ghost. This, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Also, I think Demi you Moore. You knew was a, one I was referring yeah. to the pianist. I was like, is this
2: Ria, is, is this why you want to shag a ghost as well?
0: Yeah, uh, is it Patrick, maybe. I mean, oh, oh yeah, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. So I mean, I would, I would, I would shag ghost Patrick Swayze, even if he is not Whoopi Goldberg's body. I'm... <laughs> I'm up for that. I'm, I might be more interested. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ditto. Um,
2: so yes, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, known for being a, a darkly gothic uh, tale by Victor Hugo, um, gets the Disney treatment um, ish, sort of. Um, I think there are I mean, a lot. I
0: fucking fat. hell, this film. I love this
2: film. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's it, it, when I first saw it, I didn't rate it, but over time I think I've appreciated it as, as time's gone on. Um, but we'll talk about Esmer, Esmeralda specifically. So she is a Romani, uh, of the Romani people, and she is in a very uh a religious right, uh, I think I want to say 17 1600s I think, uh, Notre Dame. I can't, I can't be sure off the top of my head, but olden days, the olden days. Um, and it's basically run by this this judge, Frollo, who is has this uh, feeling against this racial hatred and uh, religious hatred towards the Romani people in this film, and he is trying to extinguish them, basically, and put it in polite terms. He doesn't want them involved. And the film opens with a uh, racially aggravated murder, and uh, Frollo is forced to adopt... Um, uh, Quasimodo, who he names, which means like uh, malformed, I believe uh, in the translation is uh, because the the Church of Notre Dame is judging him and God is judging him for for murder. So he has to make up for it. He has to, he needs to um, repent in some form. So he says, "I'm going to raise this child as my own." Worst dad in cinema, possibly. <laughs> um, he he raises him to believe he's disgusting. He shouldn't leave the bell tower. He's a monster. Excuse me. He's a monster and and yeah, it, just an awful but but in spite of that, Quasi grows up to be a very loving, caring, doting. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't particularly care for himself the way he looks, and and nobody else does, but he, he has a heart of gold, basically. Um and Esmeralda is performing in the king the uh, the festival of fools. Uh and she's a wonderful dancer, and uh, she is She's very, she's very self reliant. She has struggled all of her life to make money and to uh, keep herself alive. So she dances and finds every which way she can. Kind of a bit Aladdin, actually. There's a, like an Aladdin energy to her, I think. Um, and and she's. Very, very fascinating. I've uh, like me and Mike talked about like the kind of the Amazonian kind of statuesque, powerful women, and I think Esmeralda in this is is very powerful, and she she knows the difference between right and wrong, and she's not afraid to stand up uh, for that and to protect people that are being abused or mistreated, uh, people who are different, um, which I I really liked as well about her. Um, Obviously, she's very beautiful and 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 quite sexual in a way, um, but not 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 in 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 a way where I don't think it's purely an objectification type thing. But it's a it's kind of a it's a, a sexuality that's born out of her personality and who she is. Um, and I, I've kind of always appreciated that. And and she's so hot that she makes all of Paris burn. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think I win if there's a competition. Um but yeah, she she is the she's the the focal point of the film. It's called The Hunchback of Notre Dame, but every single main character is kind of in love with her and you kind of know why because she's this amazing person and and you know even the villain is going after her in the most dark, creepy, intense, possessive ways like, well, if I can't have her, if I can't shag her, she won't marry me. Everybody dies, just everybody. Yes, when Um, he has
3: her scarf, I'm like, oh. And sniffing
1: her hair and
2: stuff.
3: And sniffing her neck and saying (laughs) that,
1: like, you're. I know what dark, like, what. what, uh, Impure thoughts. Impure thoughts. That was that you're forcing. And she's like, there's only one thought that you've got. And it's like, with this film, there's a lot of that innuendo and in a lot of his his sort of thing is him dreaming of being with her and all stuff. this stuff and he's like no yes. it's impure and disgusting so I'm gonna it's classic this, you know, I mean there's a whole there's a whole song you're between. attractive and I'm having sexual <laughs> feelings and because I feel yeah. like I can't control myself I'm gonna uh, blame you which yeah. is still happening in the world in certain places but Ooh. we're not gonna delve into that
3: this was set in the 15th century
0: 15th century sorry thank so, you. so Dan Ma- when was your like when did you first watch this film or when did you first go oh hello uh, so i i saw it
2: when it came out of the cinema um i saw it when i first came out of the cinema and i, I think like f- for me i think i was attracted to women probably much younger well I, I, chronologically i was attracted to women before mike was oh it's but, not a competition then uh, i win i win again um
3: i mean this film came out when we were two. Three, two, three. Three, or
2: three. yeah 96 but, so me I had a raging hard on, so what are you gonna do with that? Um, no, uh, no the hard I swear, on I of Notre Dame. <laughs> the, the, the balls of Notre Dame. Um They were they dropped massively. Uh no so, but no, like even in primary school, I I had a, an attraction to to women. There was a there was a woman there was a woman in the in my primary school I was very attracted to, and again like Amaz kind of Esmeralda-esque as well, I would say. Um but but yeah, I, I it was at a point where I was kind of coming away from Disney, uh, and I wasn't really kind of uh, I was kind of like, oh, it's just kid shit. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I want to do something more interesting. But but going back to it, I think it's one one of the more richly complex Disney films. Like there's so a lot it's a Ooh. lot of layers. Like the re- the religious right, the the equality, the how we treat people, the you know the the way we look at people, and 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 the way society is like the festival of fools, they flip society upside down for a day. And, it, and it's and on it, the
3: sixth of January, which is Epiphany. Oh. Uh,
1: well, well, there you go. Which in Maybe. Europe is quite a, it's a big in Catholic holiday, countries, it? it's a big yeah, holiday. In
3: Spain and things. Well, that kind of makes well, sense. Well, they mentioned then, that they mentioned something about the sixth of January. So, in in mm. the song about the first of all right. and I was like, oh, that's epiphany. <laughs> but
2: yeah, but I, I think I think Frollo is one of the more interesting Disney villains we we have. Um, I I don't think he gets maybe talked about enough. But I think probably because of all the kind of problematic elements to the film, uh, I think the score is really good. Um, but yeah, I think I think Esmeralda is a is a great character, and again, she's the driving force of this film. As well. Not only is she the focal point because everybody fancies her, but she's, you know, she's driving the action. And there's a lot of stuff I don't like about the film. Uh, the gargoyles, for one, I think were a huge mistake. <laughs> really? I love the gargoyles. I can the gargoyles. <laughs> I can't, I can't I stand they were My huh? only
3: issue with it is why is called, one called Victor, one called Hugo, and the other one called Laverne? I looked ran, it up and it's out, named... Ran
2: out of words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah out names.
3: She's named after a singer that was of the time that the film was being made. I can't really remember, but it's a singer that was... I,
2: I also think some, like, some of the songs are good. I think, you know, Bells of Notre Dame's a really powerful one. I think Hellfire is a really powerful one as well. I think when they're steering to the core, the core kind of dark gothic elements of of the story, the original story, I think that's when it works for me. I think when they're like, oh, I'm a gondol, you know, spitting <laughs> out. You know, when they're all trying to be Robin, Robin Williams, which it just doesn't work. Um, and also one of their songs where they're like, hey, you're the guy, you're the ace of hearts, is during a genocide basically, <laughs> that's going on. And I'm like, you don't put that song right there. I It's know also you-
3: very similar to the song That. Danny DeVito sings in Hercules. There are lots of similarities Ooh, yes. between Hercules songs yeah, and the not. songs in this film. Yeah. The
2: same song, same, same year. I th- same year, I think as well, wasn't it? Or well, also year before. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I think Hercules was slightly before. This is this. ninety-seven, I think. Uh, Ninety-six. Oh. This is, but um, also, uh, Megan looked it up and made this. Uh,
3: well, I, I actually made the connection before first, I looked yeah. it up, and I was really proud of myself because Frollo or Frollo, whatever his name is. He gave... So I love Les Miserables. I love music, I, I love musicals. And yeah. I, was like, stage oh. performance, not I was like, I was like, you remind me of Javert, which is the police Ooh. officer in yeah, this. And then I was yeah. like, oh shit, obviously, because it's written by the same, the same guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, but, but, <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> and it's set in
1: France at the specific era. Yeah. And the music of this made me think of basically a poor man's Les Mis in a lot of ways. And I thought, to be blunt, I thought the music of this film was one of the worst Disney soundtracks I've ever heard. Not because it's bad, but because legitimately, even though you mentioned a couple there, mm. zero memorable I songs. I think it's for me also just all.
3: different though, because all of the songs in this are a lot darker than other Disney mm. films.
1: But apart from the Hellfire one, I thought they all sounded the same. I was the Hellfire and the, and the one that sounded a bit um, like the Hercules song. They're all big. They all sound big, like the lame is songs. But for me, they had no hooks. And for me, I was just like there were songs happening, and I was like, I don't know what this song is adding. It feels like. There's no humour to this song. It's not a really hooky song that you're singing to yourself. There's no like Under the Sea song, you know, in, in Hunchback. There's no Zero to Hero. Well, you exactly, because it's
3: em- a different, different, no, but in different every film. In
1: every Disney Very film, even story. in this era, there's at least one standout song that everyone knows. And for me, the soundtrack was the weakest part. I really liked this film mm. a lot more than I remember when we watched it a couple of years ago, because I'd never seen it as a kid. But I thought the songs, as pre- the songs were good as songs, but they all sound like fillers. They all—it sounded like *Les Mis*, where you've got three hours of music and you have to have certain songs just because every—well, the songs aren't song... the same as *Les Mis*. No, no. But what I'm saying is, in a film like *Les Mis* or a production like *Les Mis*, when every single word of dialogue is sung, which I despise when things do that, you get these songs that aren't really songs. You just have dialogue points that you have to say in a tune, and those are the filler tracks. And on either side of the filler tracks, you get these really big, amazing, incredibly written songs, which Les Mis has a lot of. Mm. In this, I was just like, this feels like the in-betweeny tracks before a really big song, but none of the big songs really hit for me. There was a couple that were all right, but for me, this is the only Disney film I think I've seen that there's not a song I could even name, bar Hellfire, because Dad just mentioned it. So for me, that was actually the weakest part.
0: Mm. So, so I so. hate Les um, I'm sorry, Megan. That's fine. It's not for me. I didn't but, write it. <laughs> but, many, but, but many musicals like that are not for me. I, I, I'm, I can't stand the singing of lines. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, even that is like, ugh, making me. I've I've not unhappy. seen it.
2: I've not seen it, but I have seen clips of it.
0: Um. Oh, and, no, don't watch. Don't watch the
2: film version. Oh, I
0: yeah, do, don't watch but, the film version. No, I don't watch the film version. But I do tend to like musicals in general. And for me, this takes the best bits of all the musicals in terms. All the musicals I don't know why I say it like that. In <laughs> terms of the darkness and describing how a character is feeling, well, without them speaking what they're feeling because that makes me want to shove nails in my eyes. Um, so I went into this film, not keen. I was like, Oh, Dan, <laughs> classic Dan. The day again. The day- is This is
3: like the one time that I'm like on side with Dan. This is one of my and, favorite films
0: growing up. Not weird. And not weird. <laughs> I was really pleasantly surprised. The things that surprised me the most is I think, all of the male characters apart from Frollo, and this includes Quasimodo and Phoebus, can fuck off. This film's amazing without them. Um, I actually kind of think they're just in the way of Esmeralda and Frollo. And I think those two characters are absolutely fascinating. Like I could just spend so much like I could read an epic George R R R R R Martin series about just those two well and the then how they come together three books
1: long 960 <laughs> yeah, pages yeah. of
0: this story so you've but got it's, go on, but it's not just these two um unfortunately <laughs> and like and because i think they and i cannot believe they are in a disney film i mm. cannot believe esmeralda is basically a disney princess like she's so interesting and fascinating like i said demi moore's voice work is absolutely fantastic and i just think I totally get why... I mean, I clearly fancy her now as well. Um, But, like, I totally get the fascination of her. And why, as a young boy or girl or anything in between, you would look at her and go, I fancy her? Because I don't think that's necessarily the words that you would use about her. I would say that you're more sort of...
2: captivated or...
0: Or entranced, drawn to her, yeah, yeah, because there's just something about her.
3: But even... No, 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 I interrupted you, but even for me... I'm not that way inclined, but I was captivated by Esmeralda because because this film I was obsessed with when I was younger, and I distinctly remember going to school for World Book Day while all of the other kids were like dressed up as like Harry Potter and Hermione. There's me. I'm like, Mum, I want to go to as es- I want to go as Esmeralda. Yeah. So I went to as as Esmeralda for World Book Day, and I distinctly remember having this like really colourful like flowy skirt that I wore and my mum got me like this like baggy-ish top. But That must have been like year three. <laughs> like uh, I was obsessed yeah, I with that. this film.
1: <laughs> I will say with Esmeralda watching this, she was of these four. She's beautiful She's eyes. my number one, I, yeah. I will say. I- when I it, watching, I was like, A, obviously stunning, but also you say B, She's got so much agency. She's got much power, and her bands with Phoebus. I will, I will argue yes. back against it, uh, and I'd say I love Phoebus in this because Aedus he's is been, also kind of hot. Well, he, you said that, and you were like, and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, he's probably the Disney person that looks most similarly to me in the sense of he's got a little beard. That's about it as much as it draws. But like, I don't look like any Disney princess. That's not to be honest. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, he's got a little goatee thing. Like I used to have in college. Fun. Um, but I would say Esmeralda um, and Phoebus. Like Phoebus is the comedy relief. You know, Hunchback is the tragedy. or oh, sorry. Quasimodo. That's very mean of me. Cosimodo is the tragedy. Esmeralda is kind of the spirit, the drive, the, the, the thing driving the plot. And, and the one who's, you know, being obviously got the gu- gaze of the three gentlemen in this. But Phoebus has genuinely some of the funniest yeah, Disney dialogue, some funny dialogue. I've, ever I've ever heard. I, I thought every single thing he said when it wasn't pithy, boring love dialogue with him and uh, Esmeralda was so funny. Like when he says Phoebus, it's the sun god and she's so unimpressed and he's like yeah I, I hate it too I'm sorry it's just like that he's he's self aware that he look he comes across like a douche but he's actually a really nice guy and the way he gets Esmeralda is not by being you know the prince's gardener like, she's always saying you're different you know maybe my crush is actually him because I thought he was amazing <laughs> I loved him I thought it was great I, I well,
2: It's I think that...
0: Kevin Klein who does was great say... comedy timing So well,
1: that's exactly what I was going to say Ria
2: I think it's more you're, more that you like Kevin Klein and less think... that you like Phoebus. That's what I
1: think. Don't tell me who I fancy, Dan. No <laughs> if I want to fancy Phoebus the Sun God, then I will do what I want.
0: <laughs> anything else on Hunchback and Esmeralda?
3: Aside from, I think it's massively underrated. I, I tell, tell, us more, underrated, tell us more.
2: Tell us more, Megan. I want to hear this because it's very rare you agree with me on anything.
3: So. <laughs> I don't know. I just really like this film because it's different. Ooh. I've I, I've always had a fascination for this film, and I just find it so weird that there's so many people that haven't seen it. Like, I think because it came out at the time it came out, it kind of just kind got swept under the rug a little bit because there were so many other Disney movies that were coming out at that time that were just slightly more popular. But yeah, I've I've always loved this film. I mean, for me to go <laughs> to school dressed as Esmeralda, like so I was obsessed with her. I loved her. Um. And it's probably one of my earliest memories. I don't even distinctly remember watching this film over and over and over again, but I I remember going as Esmeralda for World Book Day. I think I didn't watch
1: it when I was younger because I think I, much like most people who haven't seen the film, probably went, oh, I either know the plot or I'm not interested by Quasimodo. You know, you you think you know it. But hmm. I'd say with this film, this film, I think one of the other reasons it didn't do as well, probably in America, is because it accurately shows some of the major pitfalls with dogmatic religion, especially Catholicism and Christianity. And let's be completely honest here, Islam is very, very similar in its doctrine, trying to make people celibate and trying to repress people's sexual feelings and then victimising the people who are the ones being sexualized, you know, <clears throat> women in the Middle East. Sorry. Um, It's one of those things. It, it's just, it, it's something that I think is so powerful and is so important. And, you know, his Hellfire song, although I wasn't as much a fan of the song itself, the musically, the dialogue and the imagery. And when he's there by himself and he's like throwing things into the fire and his hair's going all weird and he's like getting stressed. Like he's basically, although I hate him, obviously, <laughs> he is struggling because he's His own religion, which is what most people in those times, especially someone high up in authority, is basing their entire identity on and their entire value on, when that is being challenged by their human desires, how do you go about doing that? If you're a good person, you either try and, you know, either deal with it yourself or change your perspective on religion and go in a more progressive liberal mindset, which is generally the healthier way, and talk about it. Or you repress it more and more and more, and then you lash out at people around you, especially the people you're having the feelings about, and that's what this whole film is about. And I think this one probably didn't do as well, because in the places, a lot of America, which have got a strong religious uh, integration with the local government and things, you as a you know nuclear Christian family probably don't want the kinds of questions around your children as to, hey, here it is, clear as day, some of the very problematic elements of celibacy. And they're probably like, yeah, we don't want to have that conversation because we don't believe it because we think it's wrong. So I think that that might be a reason why it didn't work, which is one of the reasons I actually say to people now they should actually see this because that element is so strong. And I, I love that kind of thing. I'm very much with a lot of the films I enjoy. I love it when religion is being questioned or poked fun at in certain ways, because in my opinion, it's a it's a belief at the end of the day. As valid as it may or may not be, it's just what you think. And so I just think it's every thought should be challenged. So I, that's one element I, I really, really respected about this film that I didn't quite pick up on uh, the first time I watched it. Which
2: well, was you again, you
3: watched it for the first time with me. Bend, it was in COVID. I could barely remember any of it.
1: So, is this the first dark and complex Disney movie that everybody's kind of liked? <laughs> I really like Watcher in the Woods. I loved that. I was talking about it the other day. I, I genuinely think that's amazing. But I don't know. I think there's a couple of others darker ones, but I can't think off the top mm. of my head. You have to show us some more, Dan, and then uh, I will I some more dark and weird <laughs> Disney films,
3: not Dragon Slayer. Well, I'm Sky, I'm,
0: then. I'm going to talk about my choice, which is a choice a film that takes darkness and brings light and joy, and has the foxiest Robin Hood <laughs> ever seen on screen. Um, yeah, I am talking about obviously 1973's Robin Hood. He is the hottest Robin Hood that we've ever had. Russell Crowe, Get Lost. Kevin Costner, Get Lost. It is all about an animated fox he's cute he's so cute cute little face but he's also just completely charming this is and this is what i was talking about at the beginning with mike like i think as a kid i was like i don't think i fancied cartoons or understood what fancying anybody would be but i was like this robin hood is so cool and i think that continues into adulthood like there's actually quite a lot of hot animated characters in this film I'm not going to lie. I was like, I, think I fancy quite a lot of these people, uh, these animals. Um, <laughs> but you can know, you, can you go into that a bit more, please? I'm a
1: bit confused. <laughs> Are you just thinking of all the things you could do with Hiss or am I going off the mark? Oh,
0: no, not Hiss. But little John, little John's hot. The rooster's hot. <laughs> Alan Adale's the rooster, hot. Oh, lady, lady. Is cool. The cool. rooster. I want I,
1: to be my oh. uncle. I just.
0: <laughs> He's hot. I'm like well up for some of that.
1: I would.
2: I would. I would fuck Lady Cluck. That's her, that's oh my her. God, I Lady
0: Cluck is funny. I thought, I was
2: thinking... I Lady realise. Cluck is
3: really funny, but she's confusing because her size changes throughout the film. Most of the time she's
1: really tall and big, and then randomly... <laughs> oh, okay. then
3: suddenly in, she's, in she's tiny. In the
1: middle part of the thing when they're doing the archery competition, she suddenly shrinks because <laughs> she's as tall as all the rhinos and stuff at one point in Little John, and then suddenly she's just half the size. <laughs> so
0: I love right, we've, got, we've got about 15 minutes, so let's talk about how Lady Cluck would dominate us all. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she probably. would... <laughs> uh she's definitely the dom the rest of us are the subs <laughs> the world is a sub <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah so robin hood so the fox robin hood foxy by name foxy by robin hood nature um he's just completely charming and he's so he's not gone ego like robin hood prince of thieves great film love it and terrible but great But, dude, Kevin Costner has an ego. Like, that Robin Hood is also Look at me, I'm Robin Hood. Even at the end, when he's supposed to be all charming, I do not understand why Maid Marian ends up with him in that film. (laughs) I'm like, he is such a knob. He's so up himself. This Robin Hood doesn't have any of that. He's just... He's literally about survival and what is right and what is wrong. And who knew that would do it for me, guys? But apparently it does. I really like his accent. he's, He's got a great accent. He's never doing anything to get praise or you know he's got that sort of like George Clooney sort of cocky charm where it's just charming enough but not too charming that it's really annoying unless it's sort of like the later later oceans films he loses uh, uh, George Clooney not not Foxy Robin Um, (laughs) you know it's always just on the right side of charming. And apparently that just really works on me. He's funny, he's kind. Like, look how he's taking care of his community and the people around him. He puts them first, but he still has fun with it. And he is such a gentleman to Marion. He's such a gentleman to her. Like I never realized, like, when until I watched it literally in the last couple of days, can't it, that he says. Well, they say they've never even kissed, but they're just completely in love because they just, in my head, they just love each other's personalities and they respect each other. And it's like, it's not about all that other stuff, although they're clearly going off and having weird sounding fox sex in that den. Foxing each other silly. What does the fox fox say? (laughs) (laughs) Harder.
2: (laughs) Fox me silly, fox me silly.
0: (laughs) And so I thought me watching it, you know, like we all joke. I don't know if you do, but there's a certain generation of us. We all joke that we all fancy Fox Robin Hood and Fox Maid Marian. Like it's just like a running joke. And it's like all women want is him and all guys want is her. And so I was like going into watching this and like having that in my head and joking about it. like this whole article's written about it. Go and Google it. Like i thinking, oh, it would be really funny. But I was like, I get it. Watching it again, he is so charming and so is she. And I was like, I think that's really unusual and it's not like in that sort of you know when people describe vanilla as being boring vanilla is awesome by the way you can do loads of stuff with vanilla so actually it's also my favorite ice cream flavor that's probably mine Mine well. too absolutely <laughs> mine too um hey, and, nothing wrong with that exactly thank you <laughs> thank you for that validation everyone um but there's but there's something about that just core like nice doesn't have to be bad and this whole film it's a little ray of sunshine and i love that who else fancies a, an animated fox? Just me. I do. Well, well, I, I, he I has was... a
3: sexy accent. So sexy. I,
2: I can agree. I can agree with you. I think both of the foxes in this are hot. I, if you didn't go for Robin Hood, I would have gone for Robin Hood because I fancied Made Marion quite a bit um and like the bit where she sneaks away with the with the young lad and they're pretending that, uh, and was so like cute. i was like i want her to i want to say oh, it for yeah. myself and like he's the he's like i'm robin hood and i do this what do we do now now we're in this this bush <laughs> 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 oh I, I guess we kiss all right cool <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> like you know i wanted my own little version of that but i i, I again this is a even even into my teens, me and my friends were still watching this version mm-hmm. of Robin Hood. Like it still it still works. Again, the action is great. It's animated beautifully, but also it has that fun Disney quality. But you never lose a sense of the impending danger or threat of the taxman. And you know, even though like King John is like a doofus, and and his is like the other doofus, uh, the slightly smarter doofus. And, and even, even the, you know, the sheriff of Nottingham isn't particularly smart, but like there's moments where these characters are going to be beheaded. You got the rhinos charging, you're like, fuck. And you, and you, it, you know, your heart sinks because you really enjoy and love these characters, you know, Robin Hood, Little John running through the forest, you know, (laughs) who doesn't love that? Like, I don't think, again, I don't think a lot of the songs are real winners in this, but the first few songs I think are really strong and they stick with me. But, yeah, I I love it. The whole um, action set piece towards the end with the fire and you know everything like that really really works. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I think again, it's I think it's a wonderful Disney film. I don't think it gets talked about enough at all. Um,
0: unless we're all horny for foxes. Unless, unless we're like, <laughs> let's we really want to fucking shag a fox. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay. About the, it's the gingers the redheads again, isn't it? That's it, that's oh, it, it yeah, Do you know what? I never realised until just Red then. Heads. It is, Red isn't heads. it? I mean, and also, Robin Hood is fighting against what some would say a Tory government. And, of course, there's nothing sexier than somebody who wants to burn down all the Tories. a so, revolting rear. Revolt yeah, exactly. against the patriarchy. <laughs> revolt against... Exactly. Um, so clearly I'm on board because I'm like, if if John and... And Snaky Boy yes. and Sheriffy Boy, boy. Don't, boy? <laughs> don't represent the current Conservative government or concept. You know, ones mm. before them. Then who does? Like Jesus yes. Christ.
2: You oh. know the the whole mummy and sucking the thumb. I think that's very
1: much a Tory government. If I've ever if I've ever seen anything, <laughs> that's Boris Johnson, isn't it? That's yeah,
0: absolutely, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mummy.
1: <laughs> 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 but I, I will say with, with this film, first of all, Fryer is probably the best
0: character for me. He's a badass. He was the I mole. would totally do him as well. By the way, nice. the Mole Man. Yeah, yeah um, I, I think he's a bear as well. I, I, think I
3: give him a little cuddle. He's a I, bear I, is a bear as well. <laughs> no,
1: no, <laughs> no I, I thought he was a bear, like <laughs> right. Little John. Like, he's but, the same size. Badger. Mole he's bear. Oh, is he
3: a badger? No, he's, he's a badger. badger. Yeah, you're right. He might right. be, but he's not
1: right. black and white like Guys, guys,
2: you know what but, we need to do, guys? We need to watch the opening credits yeah, the again credits. It, oh, okay. yeah, it states, states, states exactly. For some reason, they decide to stay every character. Yeah, no, it's is so so a weird. specific
1: animal. But they don't have an end credits. So when the film ends, it just mm. ends. And I was, I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, that I, was that was old school. That was old school, Mike. I was, I was probably yeah, but it's with the front. It's funny because this film and Hunchback, two of the best characters, are the 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 priests or the vicars, mm. the the representative of the church, which is usually. Off to the bad person, especially in media and things, in, in especially, especially in, yeah, well, yeah, it depend- usually. But it, either they're the ultimate good or they're horrendous. But these, they were like fighting back. They're like, no, no oppression. You got to, you know, do these things. So I like that. But I will say, I was not a fan of this film until the last half hour. I thought the first hour was so (laughs) slow and it was killing me. What was it
3: you hated? They kept saying, Oh, Lally. Oh,
1: oh, do Lally. Oh, do Lally. lally. It was killing me. Every time they said it, I felt so. Mike was like, Why do they
3: keep saying that? And then he looked it up up and he was like, There's no no reason.
1: (laughs) There was an the Oodoo Lally song I couldn't stand with a rooster. the Rooster. I love the Rooster clarifier. I thought what a the Oodoo day, Oodoo Lally song day. was horrendous. I was like, this sounds like a drunken uncle at a campfire. He's <laughs> forgotten the words to everything. The Oodoo Lally song that's right at the start. Right, right. And they say it so many goddamn times. And then every Probably twentieth line of dialogue. Someone says "Odulali," oh, and I'm like, I don't understand, and I don't like it. I will. And the dialogues, like Bambi, which really pissed me they,
3: off. Yeah, they do talk slowly. Oh, so slow.
1: So, like, some of the characters specific and well spoken. I like characters, <sighs> but the sheriff of Nottingham was this hillbilly American That's accent. That's what I was gonna which say. Made no sense. The
3: accents in this confused me <laughs> because it's set in like an English town. And also, why are they calling it Nottingham when it's clearly Nottingham, like Nottingham, yes, really? So, <laughs>
0: inarity. Yeah, I
3: know. But if you're gonna do it, do it right. Do it proper, <laughs> like... Nottingham proper. Because then also <laughs> you've got like yeah, the hillbilly sheriff that I'm like. Now, now, now,
2: again, the rooster and the
3: rooster, does, rooster,
2: yeah, the rooster. The rooster does state that everyone has their own version of Robin Hood. Robin Hood, and this is the animal kingdom's version of Robin Hood. <laughs> so it is the correct. If, one. If if (laughs) if it does happen that the sheriff of Nottingham Nottingham is you know (laughs) um, you know a a southern a southern like hick you know a hillbilly or whatever redneck. Then that's the animal
1: kingdom's version. You've I got mean, to accept that's, that's, that's a, their that's their version. It's special that, to them. That's a cop out, but I'll I'll let you have it. But I, I found and also there's a lot of whistling in this. And I hate whistling in songs. It drives me mental. If it's whistling in the stuff over the top of it, it's fine. But I, whistling cuts through me. I I really don't like it. So that that did uh, bother oh me. Oh my god, uh, that is one of the but,
0: weirdest things I've ever had anyone uh, say. It, it drives me mental. I I hate it. There's a couple you know, of songs I like Mike, that do have people some People tell me in. weird shit all the time. People love telling me weird shit, but weirdly that's one of the strangest things I've i can whistle quite well so it's not even
1: a, it's not even a worry like it i can cannot whistle. stand whistling no i don't mind whistling in real life if well, actually no, to be honest if someone whistles in real life you're like what are you doing because it's just a guilty thing what are you doing you prick um just hum or something or shut up it's like playing music in public stop it um but anyway the whistling in the songs not a fan at all um to clarify but the first hour of this film was a slog for me i was like Nah. Not enjoying this. I thought it's it was boring. Because you don't want
0: to shag anyone.
1: True. That is. It does help. It. You know, my That's penis is off and soils My brain.
3: There were but loads <laughs> of rabbits in this film. Mike. I don't. I'm not sexually attracted <laughs> to rabbits.
1: There's one. Fuck a rabbit. There's, there's one <laughs> rabbit I'm sexually attracted to. It's sad. The, every other rabbit. There were like 99.99% of rabbits in this <sighs> world. I'm not. It's just the one. No. It's just Lola Bunny. Okay. Uh, okay. Come on. She's. But I was going to say Rapping with this up. film, um, I thought the last half hour or 40 minutes was absolutely incredible from the point where they're breaking into Prince John's place and they do the whole you know ropes and everyone's in prison and it's really dark and depressing so why, so why the Star, Star wearing... Wars Star Wars A New Hope then when it becomes Star Wars A New Hope you like it in what way oh what when is... they're going into the Death Star, rescuing the princess. Oh, I see. So I think of Phantom Menace because I think the first hour of that film was a slow ah, okay. half at the end. Anyway, um, I, I was just <laughs> anyway. going to say, with that film, I thought the, the ending bit was really cool. The animation was great. I, I really, really liked the second half, basically. I thought the second half really picked up and was really, really great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But why were the raccoons the only ones with prison garbs on, whereas everyone else had their normal clothing? That's why I want to know.
0: Because it's stripes. It's just visual yeah. fun, Mike but, yeah, but in, I'm,
1: laugh. It's, it's I'm, I'm an advocate for raccoon Learn to have to have clothing. Fun. raccoons should have clothing <laughs> okay have it's inappropriate
2: laugh. <laughs> but no it's racist profiling is what it is just because they've got a little a bandit
1: mask on yeah you think they're guilty just, already they just assume they're all criminals raccoons um, that's yeah. profiling but, that's but that's as a whole profiling. I liked the film I just thought the first the, when it started I was like oh this is gonna be rough I was not a fan of the dialogue or the way they talked and I found that Prince John I know he's meant to be annoying Oh, it drove me mental I love that I love Bridget yeah.
2: he's so, ir- he's so <laughs> it's irritating. irritating see he's too, he
0: was too irritating the, the, the t- for me
1: the, the sucking thing was like I know it's intentional but it went on and on and on I was like okay I don't need to keep <laughs> watching this animated lion suckle his own uh, Okay,
0: thumb. right Sorry. Megan last words about Robin Hood to you and then we'll wrap up
3: I liked it thought it was good I, I thought probably out of uh, I think my le- uh, I don't know my least favourite would be between Who Framed Roger Rabbit and, and this one but I, I enjoyed all of them. I, I, I enjoyed re watching this film because I hadn't seen it in a very, very long time.
0: So it was fun. In any case, so all of us, just out of the four we've chosen, let's just objectify one of them. Who would we like to spend our time with the most? Esmeralda.
1: Esmeralda. By a long mile. Mine country would still mile, be Prince Eric. To be fair, yeah, it would probably be Esmeralda I'm, or Prince Eric.
0: I'd say I'm torn because they've both got beautiful eyes. They do. Mm. Cool. Tell you what, I'm going for a threesome, so... What about a foursome, including
3: uh, King Titan? <laughs>
0: <Throw> <laughs> I him think he'd be a mix. selfish lover, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, he would be. Oh, uh, I a... don't know, he's got seven children. I don't think But no wife. Leave. Where's she gone? Shaggy. I mean, he's death. just enjoying he himself. <laughs> well, there's a thing on he said Shaggy. He's allowed to, death. to sleep around. Come
1: on. I mean, he did there is the room. There's the They're the, all
3: the, little like worm people down by us uh, by
1: Ursula. Ursula. Yeah. <laughs> but oh. to, to crush your soul, sorry, they're gonna make apparently a live action remake of Hunchback. They're making a live action remake of Robin Hood as well. So I get mean ready it's for not that.
0: gonna be as hot. So. It's also, not gonna be also it's not I going read. To be
2: good. I, I
1: read I read this week because of the
2: popularity of the Winnie the Pooh horror film they are making a horror Bambi and a horror Cinderella so that's incoming
1: Bambi right. would work oh, right. Cinderella the original like tales the sepsis is cut off with, Uh, they cut off the edges of their feet to fit them in the glass slipper I so. mean they
3: could probably make a horror Little Mermaid as well because in the yeah, original story it's like pins they. and needles walking it, on walking. night and then
0: she turns into sea foam so you? Mike <laughs> you're, you're only allowed one minute to tell everybody about you I'm timing it
1: Okay. Um, my name is Mike. Hello there. Um, follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Um, you're potentially listening on the feed of Film on Film or on Genuine Chit Chat. Either way, both ama- uh, both amazing shows. Check other stuff out. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I talk to Star Wars authors, a lot of non-Star Wars authors, filmmakers, uh, all kinds of different things. Check out Genuine Chit Chat on YouTube for video versions of the stuff as well. Everything's in a playlist, and that's great. And then also go to Patreon.com/slash Genuine Chit Chat, where you can find myself and Megan release an episode of Afterthoughts every week. It's only one pound a month, and so if you want to hear more from Megan and less from me. Me, go to patreon.com slash genuine chitchat and don't forget to uh, rate and subscribe this show if you're on film or, film or on genuine chitchat
0: five stars five <laughs> stars beautiful look at that that's amazing Great. Megan where can everyone
3: find you you can find me on Instagram because I'm actually like somewhat active on there I've I've recently started going back to the gym so you can find me on Grits Gets Fit uh, waking up at high five in the morning to go to the gym before work so that's super fun so go on there say hi <laughs>
0: I'll go next and then you, Dan. Um, so come and find me at Ria on Instagram, at Femon on Instagram as well. I should have said them both on Instagram. Uh, you'll, know, as Mike said, you'll either know, be listening to this on Chit Chat or Femon. Oh, hey, maybe Dan, you'll release it as well. So maybe. May we you, you Never Sure, know. sure. Uh, Great <laughs> review. Come and see all of our content. We're all amazing, and join us for the next Disney discussion. Who is actually choosing the next Disney Dan. discussion? Dan, it Perfect. So that is why oh, we. That's why I thought up. you Ten chose them at the end. That, I thought no? you were being clever then. No, uh, I wasn't. I was just winging it. So <laughs> Dan, you go and tell us what the next category is.
2: Okay, um, I'm just going to rip Mike off massively uh, from from what he did a little earlier this year um instead of underrated animated movies i'd like to do underrated live action movies mm. not live action remakes not <laughs> i'm saving
1: that for another talk. That 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 off that's a whole <laughs>
2: that's all another discussion but anything you think that features real people being shot on film, they can have animated characters like Roger Rabbit, but anything that you think needs a spotlight, but it has to feature real people. Um, so I think there's a fair. I've got a list, so I'll send that over if you're struggling. But uh, also tell us your underrated live-action Disney
1: films as well.
2: Um, High School
3: can- Musical.
1: <laughs> We're saving that for your pick. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a preview of Megan's in a few months' time. There you go. There you go. Now you know. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've got the lineup, but yeah, so. Together. So uh, I've not even decided mine yet so, of these. So uh, so I'm going to do a bit of digging as well. But, yes, you can find me on at secretballs.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. And, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. I've got another, I've got my own Disney podcast coming up on a Goofy movie. Uh, it's coming out in a couple of – in next month. Yeah, so a few weeks' time, I think. A couple of weeks' time. Um, so, yeah, go and check me out there. And I've got a four-hour one with Natalie as well um talking about disney villains including ursula and some of the other ones we've mentioned today
1: but thank you very much but yeah. yeah And also, Dan's got a Patreon, and it's amazing. Go check that out. And also, Dan came over ours last weekend, which is amazing. It was great fun it to was, have a house amazing. guest. And we watched the weirdest film ever that we'll be doing a podcast on. Yes, in a few weeks, I should once mention, Megan's recovered. Should... Oh, my Lord. But, yeah. But before was... you pipe that, I just want to quickly say, you you saying Goofy reminded me, Who Framed Roger Rabbit mentioned Goofy, which made me think of your podcast. And mm-hmm. also, Quasimodo is also mentioned in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is weird because we're watching these in a little batch. So there's just a couple of connections I like. Sorry, Dan. Uh, yes. So yeah, I've I've nothing else to say.
0: Lovely, <laughs> well, yeah. great one as always. Looking forward to the next one. See what yeah. random shit we watch next. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, friends. We'll speak to you soon. Bye.